today's scripture is Galatians 3, 2, 3, 27. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Word of the Lord. <laughs> Don't need that. Uh, thank you all for being here on this special family Sunday, Children's Sunday, as it were. We do Children's Sundays on the fifth Sunday of any given month, so typically there are only four Sundays in a month, but when there are five Sundays, we celebrate that fifth Sunday with a children's service where we highlight the existence of little ones within our number, within our congregation. Of course, these are important people to us, uh, and we very much want to recognize that. If you haven't noticed, there is a growing population of short people in our congregation. Uh, bellies are popping out everywhere, and I actually just saw this morning that our own dear sister Erin Bourne is here with our most recent addition to our family, Jane Bourne. So if you see her, welcome her and their new tiny one, the Bourne family, precious little Jane. Um, the reason why we do these family services, it's not simply to give our children's volunteers a break from teaching in the children's rooms, though they certainly deserve one uh, and likely need one from time to time. But really, the purpose is to honor our children. Our children are a blessing from the Lord. We want them to know that. We want them to be at the front and center of our community life together. We want them to be included in our body life together. And we want to make every effort as adults to accommodate to their needs, to serve them, to bless them, to ensure that their experience of growing up in the church is one in which they are included and honored as they go. Along with that, we want to familiarize our little ones with receiving the Word of God through preaching. And so I will be preaching particularly to these ones in the front rows today and some others who don't sit in the front rows anymore but appreciate these children's services just as much. They are sitting in and among you, those who are 10 and 11 and 12. Some of them live in my home, and they look forward to these Sundays with great anticipation, an opportunity to be honored and included in the body life with us. And then lastly, the reason we do this is to highlight that it is the same gospel that nourishes us all. No matter our age, no matter our race, no matter our gender, no matter our size, it is the same gospel for us all, the love of God offered to us in Jesus Christ. So that's why we are doing what we are doing, and now we turn our attention to these very important people right before me, and I have a question for you all. What is your favorite thing to eat for a treat what's your favorite thing for a special treat do you have a special treat i heard candy ice cream micah do bananas count 
Your mom would say yes. I would say no, go to your room. No. <laughs> yes. Bananas would be a treat. Ice cream. Does anyone like pie or cake? Yeah, those are really, really good things. What is it, what is it Bodhi? Popcorn, yeah, popcorn counts, especially if you drizzle caramel on top of it, right? And put lots of butter and salt. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what if I told you that I have a special treat for you this morning? <laughs> it's not bananas. Do you know what these are? Coffee beans. What? Coffee beans. You like eating you like eating plain coffee beans? No, you don't. No, you don't. You're making that up. You're making that up. What if I came in front of you right now? Would you take a handful of these plain coffee beans and put them into your mouth and chew them up? If you say yes, you're trying to ruin my sermon because I know, I know that you would not want to do that because coffee beans are bitter, right? And when you eat them plain, oh, they're bitter, trust me. And when you eat them plain, we got a heckler among us. When you eat them plain, <laughs> they kind of have the consistency of sawdust. They're like bitter sawdust and they get stuck in your teeth, okay? So let me just take a poll. This is for real now. This is for real. No jokes. How many of you, by a show of hands, and if you're going to raise your hand, you don't take the poll, would want to eat these coffee beans? All right. So zero. I see zero hands. Okay. Good. So, okay, we've established that. We've established that. None of you want coffee beans for a treat. Got it. Okay, perfect. That is established. Now, since we've established that, I have other coffee beans here. Now, all of you have already said very clearly that you don't want coffee beans. This sermon is not ruined. Thank you very much. These are special coffee beans. Right? Because these coffee beans have been dipped in chocolate. So that now, if I said, how many of you want to eat coffee beans for a treat, how many would want some? Okay, that's all of you. How about now? Yes. <laughs> now everyone's hands are going up, right? Fresh whipped topping. Mm. <laughs> it's changed now, right? From the coffee beans that we had initially, now there's something totally new. There's something totally different, right? What happened? The little bitter coffee bean got dipped into something Sweet. Okay, now, now this is very important. You all want these, right? If you sit there very quietly for the rest of this sermon, 
if you give all your focus right up here to the front, if you don't talk to each other, and if you don't tickle each other, and if you don't look anywhere else but right up here, I might share some with you at the end. Okay. But you've got to follow all of those rules. It's a lot of rules. I tell you, if I were one of you, if I were four years old or five years old or six years old, I would not want to follow those rules. Because it was actually really hard for me when I was a kid to follow the rules. If your lives are anything like mine was when I was a kid, <clears throat> you have a lot of rules in your lives, don't you? You probably have a rule for bedtime, maybe. You probably have a rule for brushing your teeth or having someone else brush your teeth. You probably do. Don't expose your parents. Okay? <laughs> you probably have rules. Some of you, when you go to school, you get even more rules. And then there's that famous rule, my least favorite rule, which is don't pee in the yard, right? That was the hardest one, just ridiculous, actually. But we have all of these rules in our lives, and it's a lot to follow, isn't it? I remember when I was just five years old, I had an older sister who was seven, and every day, my dad would drive me and my sister to school in his old, white, 1967 Ford pickup roofing truck. My dad was a roofer. And so the truck would be filled with tools in the back. I remember the truck always smelled like a roof. And so even to this day, the smell of tar is nostalgic for me. I remember that smell with fondness. But there was a really important rule about my dad's truck. My sister and I were not allowed to get into the truck until my dad got into the truck every morning. And it didn't matter, actually, how cold it was outside. If we were waiting outside for my dad, our truck was always parked outside, right out in front of our house, on the street, we still had to wait in the cold for my dad to come out, for his coffee to be ready, whatever it was, for him to drive us to school. And the reason why this was the rule was because my dad's old pickup truck didn't have an emergency brake anymore. And so he had to park the truck in gear to make it not roll. Now, you might not know what that means, but these old trucks had a big, long lever that came up from the floor, right in the middle of the truck, right in front of where you sat in the truck. And that lever had to be put into a special place, a special position, otherwise the truck would just start rolling down the sloped street. And so we weren't allowed to get into the truck because my parents were worried that we might bump that lever and knock it out of the place where it stops the truck from rolling, and then the truck would start rolling. Well, we usually followed that rule. <laughs> but one morning, it was really, really cold. 
And I thought I saw my dad moving toward our front door through our front living room window. I could have sworn I saw him moving toward the front door. Maybe I just imagined it because I really didn't want to be cold anymore. But I opened the door of the truck and I started to get in. And my sister said, Mark, what are you doing? It's against the rules. We're not allowed to get into the truck till dad's here. And I said, don't worry about it. I saw him. He's on his way. He's about to walk out the door. And my sister said, eh, good enough for me. It was really cold outside. And so we started to climb into the truck. And as we got up onto the big bench seat in the front of the truck, one of our backpacks, not sure which one, it was hers, bumped <laughs> the lever and pop. It popped right out of gear. Now, we didn't notice anything at first. We got into our seats. We started to put our seat belts on. But then the strangest thing started to happen. The mailbox right outside the truck started to move. And then we thought, wait a minute, mailboxes don't move. And we realized we were moving. And the truck started to roll faster and faster and faster. Now, we lived on a little, quiet, dead-end street, but our street was a gradual hill all the way down to a very big highway. And that highway was an even steeper hill going down into a deep ravine with large drainage ditches on either side of the road. This was not the kind of place for a truck with two small children in it to roll safely. And it started to roll faster and faster and faster. And my sister and I started to panic, and we started to scream, and we were worried that we were going to come to our end at such a young age. And then just as it began to gather speed, smack. It veered off to the left and ran into a pile of rocks and stumps and sticker bushes and came to a sudden stop. And my dad came running out behind, mortified, and ran up and checked, and my sister and I were okay, and the truck wasn't even really all that damaged, had a few more scratches, but you couldn't really tell on that old beater truck, and everything was okay. After that... Do you think we got into the truck by ourselves anymore or not? Not so much. After that, we were very, very careful to follow that rule, right? Because we understood that that rule was there in order to keep us safe. That rule was there so that we wouldn't get hurt, right? And that's why the rules that we have in our lives are there, generally speaking. Because who makes the rules in our lives? It's people who want to keep us safe, right? It's our parents, it's our teachers, it's our lawmakers, generally people that are trying to make the world a safer place are putting those rules in place. And did you know that God, too, gives us rules? God gives us rules to keep us safe. He gives us rules like don't steal from anybody, don't tell lies to anybody. Are those good rules? Yeah, those are good rules. 
those keep us from hurting other people. They keep us from hurting ourselves. They keep the world from being a place where lots of hurtful things happen. But there's also a big problem with rules. You're going to Frozen. (laughs) Thanks for the tip. There's a big problem with rules, actually, right? Let me ask you this. Can rules or can a rule make you love someone? Can a rule make you be happy? Can it? Can a rule make you become sweet if you're bitter? No. Rules can tell us the right things to do, but rules can't change us into the right things to be. Right? You can actually follow all of the rules, and you can still be bitter on the inside. Right? You can still be full of hate and full of fear, and the rules can't really do much about that. You know what the Bible says about this? Let me read to you what it says. Before faith came, we were held captive under the law, under the rules, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law or the rules was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. God gave us rules, what he calls his law, to be our guardian, to be the thing that guards us, the thing that keeps us safe, the thing that protects us. God's rules do keep us safe, but God never meant for his rules to make us sweet. He never meant for his rules to teach us how to love. He never meant for his rules to make us into soft, happy, sweet, loving people. God had a totally different plan in mind to make us sweet. Something very different than rules, because rules can't actually do that. Listen to God's plan. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. We're no longer under rules. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God. You're all now children of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Did you hear it? God's plan to make us sweet It's not rules. It's Jesus Christ. God's plan to make us sweet is not to tell us to be sweet. It's to give us Jesus. Now, how is God going to change us, transform us into something sweet through Jesus? Remember the beans? If I wanted these bitter coffee beans to be something new, something different. What if I gave them a rule? What if I said, okay now, Mr. Coffee Bean, I am sick and tired of your sawdust-tasting bitter ways. 
hear me and listen to my instruction. Be sweet. Would that work? That doesn't work, right? But what if instead I took these beans and I dipped them into something sweet? What if I dipped them into chocolate and then let you dip them into whipped topping, whatever that is, sugar and air? And now all of a sudden these bitter things were covered in something sweet. They'd be something totally new now, wouldn't they? Something totally new completely. So when God wants to change us from being bitter, from being hateful, from being afraid, he doesn't give us rules to do that. He gives us rules to keep us safe, but he doesn't give us rules to change us. You know what he does? He dips us in something sweet. How'd you like to be dipped in something sweet? You see that big tank over there? That is there to dip people into something sweet. That is there to take bitter people and dip them into Jesus. What happens when you dip a bitter bean into something sweet? It becomes something totally different. It becomes something totally new. Is the bitter bean still in there somewhere? Oh, it's in there, right? But now it's covered in something sweet. When we are dipped into Jesus, all of the bitterness in us gets covered in something sweet. You know what that is? It's the love of God. That's right. We get baptized. We get dipped into the love of God. So everything that's bitter about us, it's still there. But now it's been so covered that we are something new. Did you know we're going to dip a couple of people in Jesus today? You're going to get to see some people get dipped into Jesus I know some of you have been dipped into Jesus. All of you will have the opportunity to be dipped into Jesus when your parents believe it's the right time. You see, so rules, they're important, but rules don't change us. We have to be dipped into something. Now about this, remember? You remember these? Do you remember what I said? Remember the deal I made? That if you follow all of the rules, that if you sit quietly and you stay focused up here and you don't talk to each other and you don't tickle each other, that I might share some of my sweet treats with all of you. Well, the jury is in. And I noticed over the course of this sermon that some of you got a little distracted. I noticed that some of you were kind of looking off another direction. You kind of looked like the whole church does on a typical Sunday when I'm preaching, right? I had some of you tracking. (laughs) Some were in another world, right? So by my best judgment, I don't think you all followed the rules. 
at least not well enough. You didn't follow the rules well enough to earn these sweets. But rules are important because they can keep us safe, but they're not the most important. Do you know what the most important is? Jesus. And do you know what Jesus is like? Jesus is someone who gives us everything even when we break the rules. So I'm going to share. Not now. After service. With the approval of each one of your parents. (laughs) I am going to share. Because rules are important. But Jesus is everything. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for giving us Christ, giving us all things in Christ. We thank you for the gift of baptism, that we can be dipped in him and have new life in him, be transformed and be made new in him. Father, I pray that you would bless each of these little ones, that you would teach them your ways over the course of their lives, that they would come to know you and trust you and love you and be baptized in your love for the sake of their lives and the sake of the world. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.